Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! How are you doing, Jeff? I'm wonderful. How are you, David? I'm doing great. This is our second reality recap. If you remember, this summer, we're going to be doing a list ranking 100 seasons of reality television. So we're going through some of those shows that we may have watched at one point or are new to us, and we are going to be... uh, Rewatching them, getting a fresh perspective. That way, we have a better ability to rank them uh, when we get to our rankings. So, last time we did Murder in a Small Town X. Jeff, you had never seen that one before, is that correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, and now we're going to one that uh, is another murder reality show. But I think Jeff and I both watched this when it originally aired. So I actually enjoyed going back and rewatching it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we're talking about Who Done It. Uh, which is a reality show that was uh, premiered in the summer of 2013 on ABC. So it was uh, 2015 now, so almost two years ago it premiered. Uh, and it still has a cult following. I know lots of people, you know, it was a whole year of people wanting it to come back and, and doing everything they could. And I know the uh, creators and producers really wanted to come back, but alas, it does not seem, seems to be a one-season uh, wonder, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, there's lots of, of stuff to talk about here. So we'll talk about pros and cons, and then we'll do some superlatives and give our thoughts on it. So, uh, Jeff, you want to give a brief overview of what the show was first? Yes, so Who Done It is set in a mer- uh, mansion, and basically the story is that one of the 13 contestants, or really 12 contestants, is the murderer, and each week um, there will be a murder of one of the contestants, and the contestants are all going to have to work together to solve the murder that happened the previous week, and then they have to come up with a theory um, for how the murder happened in terms of like you know what did the killer do exactly, how did they how did they pull it off, and then whoever has the worst theory um, gets and ends up being the the victim for the next week. And so it's got some hints of the mole, it's got a little bit of that murder in Small Town X feel, but it's kind of also has its own distinct flavor that I think kind of permeates throughout the season that I think makes it really one of those shows that does have a cult following. Yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, there's so many good things about it. Uh, I uh, Let's talk about the pros. Uh, the first thing that I really love is... Um, the way that they murder people, like to make the contestants, to, to have them have this, these big, intricate murders, and then to have them be investigated for the next episode, I thought that was a really cool um, and, and very creative to see all of these different uh, murders and how that took place. Yeah, and I really liked it because it made it that you didn't forget anyone. There's not a single character, I think, on this entire show that is forgettable. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason. And I think that the, the intricacy of these murders really speaks to the creativity of the of the creators of the show. I think it, it's really a strong point for the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else you got? Pros you like? Well, I think the biggest pro for me, and I think you probably feel the same way based on what, I, what you've told me, uh, the host of this show is possibly one of the best reality tv hosts ever um i mean rivals anderson cooper in ways 
Um, basically, the host isn't really a host of a TV show. The host plays the role of the butler in this whole kind of murdery game. And he is just a ham. He, he makes the show really funny. He gives it this sort of creepy feel. But he, I mean, the guy who plays Giles just does a phenomenal job on this show. And I think, I think if there were a, an award for reality TV hosting, which I think that there is, but it always goes to Phil Kogan or Jeff Probst, um, he definitely should have been considered for that award because the, he just does a phenomenal job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as someone who loves puns and wordplay, Giles was like the most amazing host because that's pretty much all he talked in. Like mm-hmm. every single sentence I had one or multiple puns. Well, he had this weird thing because he was always, whenever he was doing these puns that were usually about the previous murder, he would say it like, I got a note from the killer, right? And so it's the killer making the puns. And then he reads the pun and everyone's like, oh, Giles, come on, that's so mean. The guy just died. And uh, and Giles kind of gives this sort of like macabre smirk to go along with it to show that, you know, he's kind of in on it almost a little bit. Um, and that really, I think just that little smirk every time adds something so great to the show. Yeah, absolutely. So um, another pro, I think just the, and we sort of mentioned this, but the production quality of all the stuff, how all the clues and challenges and investigatory scenes, all that stuff was really well thought out and it was very authentic. Like it wasn't, Hacky. Oh, he picked up a knife and stabbed her. Like, like this right. was actually thought out. You had to look at all the details. I thought it was really good at making everything intricate, and the production value was very high. Yeah, I agree. And I'll, I'll kind of add a, a pro that is kind of in that same category. I feel like this show made it so that you had to be strategic. You could do well in this show if you were a good investigator and by yourself. It's possible. But really, you did need to be good at the social game to do well at this show. And I think that even even more than be a good investigator, you had to be you had to be in on the social game. And that's not to say that a really great investigator couldn't have figured it out on their own. But again, it helped so much. And I think that's why it kind of naturally devolved into teams uh, between between two teams, one being Cam, Chris, Lindsay, and Ulysses, and the other one being Melina, Ronnie, Gino, Dana, and Sasha. Um, that was and Don. That was sort of natural because of the way the show was set up, and I think it made it really interesting how they had it kind of set up with the three different areas and all of that. I thought that was a really good pro. Yeah, it would be interesting if they like even if they had a future season and they specifically made teams and that you were doing this in teams, but at the end of the day, one person, only one person will be eliminated and it could be from your team or someone else. Hmm. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it was definitely interesting. You had very clear alliances um, or, or sides and everything. So, And, and that brings me to another thing of a pro is the, the cast I thought was really, really good. You got to know them. You got to learn about them. You had people to like and not like to root for. Um, and they really showcased each and every one of them. I thought it was a really great cast in a way they edited it showing them. Yeah, I would definitely agree. The cast, top-notch. And and they really they did a good job of kind of giving everyone a story. And, um, you know, there were people I hated and people I loved, but that makes a great cast. So. Yeah, absolutely. 
You don't want it to just be people you don't care about. Right. Right. So, any uh, cons to the show? There are a couple, unfortunately. Uh, the I think the biggest one is one that I'm now blanking on. Why can I not remember this? It oh. was I was so I remembered it. So, oh, of course, of course. Right. The ending is so bad. And not like I didn't like who won. The way that they chose the winner is totally ridiculous, I thought. Um, it, it didn't matter who done it. The, the question that was the title of the show had no bearing whatsoever on the outcome. And that really, I think, soured a lot of people on it. And, I, and you can speak a little bit more about that if you have more to say. But Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, all through here, how you succeed in the game was how you did it, investigating, retrieving information, figuring out clues and stuff. And then the last challenge, all it essentially was, was a trivia challenge from you know from everything that's happened so far, um, and it wasn't anything to do with your actual invest uh, investigative skills at all. You, you didn't have to know who the killer was. You just had to be the first one to finish this challenge of remembering things that happened throughout the season. Right. Um, so in that sense, it was quite lame and. Like you said, whoever the killer was, it was almost irrelevant. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I would definitely say that was the biggest, um, the biggest con. I I would say, like the other con for me would be the fact that we did have such strong divisions and teams that when it got to like three people who worked together and one person, there was no way. She, that person literally had no chance at all. So I somehow, and they tried a little bit to try to make it more even, but I don't know. Like the team thing really sort of hurt near the end for me. Just yeah, just it worked out. well in that beginning stage. They could have done more to alleviate it. I I do agree with you. Um, and I guess go, going along with that idea of the final challenge, I mean, you have a finalist who guessed the killer correctly. Every time. Every time. And lost. That entire final scene is really problematic for me for a number of reasons. You, you kind of laid out a lot about the challenge. The fact that um, the person who really gets it right every time doesn't win. But also the fact that um, they try to throw in this last minute suspicion that maybe Giles is the person who did all the murders. And kind of for, for about two minutes you think that they're throwing the entire concept of the show out the window. And I just thought, I was like, why would you do that? I, I, I didn't get it. So. Um, but other than that, there's not a lot of cons to it. I mean, I think those are my two main cons. I, I think the actual investigative stuff, the riddles and figuring stuff out, all that was really uh, well done. Yeah. I like the murders. Like, there's so much good about the show, the, those two things. And that... The ending is a big, <laughs> big problem with it. Right. I will also say I like the fact that when they're stating their case, you know, they did take a quiz, and the quiz was what determined who went home. It was kind of like the mole, where you take a quiz and whoever gets the most questions or least questions right. I like, though, that they recorded it the way they did, because that was more fun to watch than watching people take a quiz. Yeah. yeah. So. So. 
before we get to our superlatives, uh, I have some uh, production notes and different things that happened during the uh, the season that I thought were interesting that I thought we could share. Uh, the first one is you you alluded to it. The first victim um, was aware she was brought on the show to be the first one killed in order to set up the murder. So while she may not have been an actress like a lot of people think, she she was at least aware that she was not actually playing the game. Right. Um, uh, each of the contestants were asked prior to the start of taping if he or she would like to play the killer. Uh, the guest ultimately chosen received a guaranteed stipend. Uh, the killer's identity was well kept a well-kept secret during taping to the extent that even the executive producer, Zucker, didn't know who the killer was for the first eight episodes. And my question is, how did he figure it out? Because there were no clues in the entire show. Well, I'm sure he... He, they told him that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, how do you figure it out? Because there, there were no, and that was another, finale, maybe a con, but. For the finale, the producer needs to know who it actually is. That's fair. <laughs> um, it says, uh, the show had a 750000 per day budget with approximately 200 people involved in the show's production each day. Um. There was makeup artists to help make the deaths look authentic. Stunt doubles were used in the show's more dangerous scenes, obviously. This is funny. A female uh, stunt double shaved her head to play Dante due to his small size. <laughs> and you know, I actually read somewhere that the, the, the scene where Dante comes running down the stairs on fire, where she tripped... That was actually not meant to happen, and they almost put her out. But um, she got up quickly enough that they didn't. But the trip is not scripted. Yeah. Uh, the mountain lion that was present during one of the eliminations cost $5,000 per hour. And a dummy was used in place um, of the contestant. In place, yeah. of the, uh, in place of the victim when both shot. Both were appeared, and shots were both appeared. So it was not actually a <laughs> <laughs> uh, Each episode took about three days to shoot. First day revolved around investigation. Second around the real challenge, a dinner ceremony. And third day was spent with each of the guests doing solo interviews. Um, yeah. After and one, one of the... Guests would have I was just about to comment on this next one you're about to read. One of the interesting things I found about the show, you know, they, they're asked to play their their corpse, right? And I know that they probably had to sign a contract that said they would do that, but I was always kind of struck by, like, they people must have been in a pretty good mood because there, there was some betrayal and some lying, but people must have had a pretty lighthearted approach to this season. That's one of the things I liked about it because – um, they were all willing to do it. I, I didn't ever hear about a contestant who didn't want to do it or, or said they wouldn't. Um, so I, that's one thing that I always like when everyone kind of has a lighthearted approach. Yeah. In contrast to Murder in a Small Town X, which we talked about, this one is full of, of uh, comic scenes and it's very comical in sense instead of the very seriousness of Murder and Small Town X, which right. um, I like both, and I think they both work well, but yeah, it's, it's a, 
a big difference. So I think when it's and it's a little more comical, people can get over it a little easier. You know. Right. And I think we should also talk about the biggest production thing, um, the addition of the extra little interviews at the end of the episode, which were added for a very funny reason, um, which was that for a while there were people in America who thought that the show was actually killing people. Yeah. Which I think is just ridiculous, but I don't know. You you watched it while it was live, so you remember that. Yeah, the first two, three weeks, everyone's like, I can't believe they're actually killing people on this reality show. I'm like, if you actually watch this, there's no way that they actually <laughs> killed anyone. Especially if you watch at the end when they show the uh, the interview that which is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't have the interview after the first episode, and they had to, they added them because of those theories, and I just thought that was so funny that they had to do that because people thought that they were actually killing people. Yeah. And here's the, the big difference between this show and The Mole, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. I think we're rewatching seasons of that as well. Um, but in The Mole, that person is truly working to sabotage different things and going in, and truly has this more significant role. But the killer in this show uh, confirmed that they did not know any other information that the other house guests did. So I mean, the, the killer did not rig the outcome of this show at all. They didn't know anything. And the only direction they ever received from the producers was to stop winning the riddle challenges because, <laughs> because they were winning too much. Yeah. Um, and also confirmed that there were no true c- clues in identifying the killers. So even though, you know, at the uh, at during the last episode, which is another thing I – put on the con list is that when the final three they're like talking to each other and then they'll do they did these little flashback clips of suspicious activities that they all had right but all of them were were purely coincidental and had nothing to do with it even the actual killer none of that was in for any witness to anything you know yeah, uh, that that was that was interesting. I wish if there were one thing I could I could suggest for the show, I wish that there were more direction on who the killer was, give a couple clues or something. But yeah, no, I agree. Um, so let's do some superlatives, all right? Okay. Let's do uh, best murder. Ooh. Best way someone died. Like, best overall murder or best murder scene? Like, the actual watching of the... Or, like, the, the whole theory and everything. No, like, uh, how they... Like, the clip at the end where they died. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. Not the whole investigation process. But. I'm gonna have to go with Dante. I felt like the, the fire was really flashy. And a really good way to get it started. Because they hadn't actually told us that that's what they were gonna do. Like, they had a little yeah. bit, but they didn't tell us that he was going to come running down and that there was going to be this whole scene where he died and that that's what the fire alarm was for. And so I felt like that was a really great one, especially for the first one. Yeah, the only other one that's in contention to me um, was with uh, Ronnie mm-hmm. when he uh, gets blasted out of the hot tub in the pool. That was I like that one, too. Yeah. Let's do the superlative of um, of worst theory of how someone died. 
And I think there's really only two, so it's up to you to choose which one of the two um, that you think is worse. But you can go ahead. Given no in, any other indications except for a statue, it's probably going to be that a monkey came down and <laughs> lifted it up and down the chandelier. Yes, I, I would definitely agree. And I, I, I would say that that is... Uh, that is the the worst theory. Although I would give an honorable mention to the theory that Sherry drowned by hitting her head on the aquarium. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do uh contestant you uh that is the, the most rootable that you rooted for the most. Ooh, most rootable. Hmm. I'm going to have to say Don. You like the old people. I do. I'm a big fan. And what did Don do that was objectionable? Well, he lied saying he wasn't uh, a cop. But he was so bad at it. Like, it wasn't even a good lie. Yeah. What? Who do you think? I don't know. My three favorite that I was rooting for, uh, well, my two were probably Gino and Melina, but I'd probably have to go with Melina. Yeah, I liked them she, too. She was just so likable. I, like, I don't think there was anything. And I I love the episode where she just got all sassy when she was the only one left of that, the other alliance. Yeah, that was really great. My problem with Melina is we didn't really see her until halfway through the season. So there was enough latent time, and I know Don got out early, but there was enough latent time with Melina where she kind of, kind of fell into the background there. Let's go with most annoying contestant, and you know, you know how I feel. Your answer. <laughs> uh, I I'd have to go with Adriana. Like I can understand why everyone in the cast was just really annoying. She annoyed me a lot as well. You know how, how I run, like, with Survivor, how much I hate Sheehan for really not many reasons other than her speech, um, stupid people, stupid players. There's a speech this season that rivals that in turn, and it, I really, I have a lot of reasons, but this one just sums them all up perfectly. And I'll just say, make a decision, and make a smart decision. Sasha is easily my most annoying player. <laughs> Would that also be the person who you rooted against the most? Yes, absolutely. Okay. For me, the person I rooted against the most was Cam. I just... See, I, I didn't dislike like, Cam, I just didn't really care about him. He was so pompous to me. That I, I don't like pompous. This uh, is true. So, to me, I was just like, ugh. Like, the way he was so pompous and arrogant towards everyone else, you know, just got under my skin. Yeah. Not that, you know, I think he has a lot of good qualities, and I, I it was just, the, the pop is just, I wanted to see him fail. <laughs> <laughs> but, Any other big superlatives we need to name? Oh, uh, do you remember, is there any uh, puns that you remember as being the best? Uh, oh, not off the top of my head. There were some good ones, though. I liked, uh... Oh, see, now, yeah, I can't even remember. There are some good ones, though. Yeah, I should have been taking more notes to have to list some of my favorite puns and wordplays. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a 
great show. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. Be sure to check it out. If you have seen it, let us know your thoughts and what you think of it. You can always do that by uh, joining our Facebook group, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, or on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. And make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes so the podcast shows up on your computer every single week. Yeah, so that's my thoughts on who done it. I really like this season. We'll see how it ranks with the hundred season. Yeah, um, I think this yeah. season. I think this season stands up really well to a rewatch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, we're going to be rewatching a really old school uh, season that most people have either forgotten or want to forget. Uh, <laughs> and that is the very first season of Big Brother. And this is um, not the same as the one that Will won. That was not the first season of Big Brother, believe it or not. First season of Big Brother had completely different rules than it is now. It was all uh, popularity. America voted who got out uh, every other week. And believe it or not, there were six episodes a week. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that yet. Yes. <laughs> this is a uh, long rewatch. The, the good news is that uh, five out of the six of them are half hour episodes. Oh good. Okay, so only three hours per week. Which is, I guess, what it is now, but... Yeah, but uh, it was a half hour, six days a week, uh, except evictions were an hour long. So Jeff and I are going to be watching this. I think there's, like, 65 episodes that we're going to be going through, and uh, we'll be talking about that afterwards. But yeah, it's a long-forgotten season. Most people don't even put it in the same category as the rest of Big Brother. We're actually going to watch it. I have not seen this season since it aired. I've never back, seen it, so... Back in the year 2000, and even that, I did not watch six episodes a, day, a week. Oh I my watched, God. like, one or two every other week. Like, I was not a, a avid fan. It was just on occasionally. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down. Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm somewhat excited. <laughs> so, stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.